Asset Arrest, your global agent for accessing the property you can't afford. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Asset Arrest, a podcast in which each episode will centre around a viewing of a different luxury property that I, Laura Yule, attend masquerading as a potential buyer with a different invited guest each time. This episode features a viewing of property on London City Island in East London with artist and researcher Alberto Duman, whose work centres around issues of the cultural production of urban space and the agency of art within the economy of this production. London City Island is a relatively large development. It's a partnership between Ballymore and EcoWorld, who are a Malaysian property developer who have, in their own words, spearheaded the regeneration of Battersea Power Station in London and other international projects in Melbourne, Sydney, London and Singapore. London City Island occupies a peninsula in the Canning Town area of East London, labelled by the developers as a mini Manhattan for London. The peninsula most recently housed a Pura Foods edible oil factory, which closed down in 2006. Um, the, the island was also previously referred to locally as Bog Island due to its inaccessibility and tendency to flood. On the viewing, we learned that Ballymore actually bought the land in 1972 and were waiting until the right time to begin the development. It's a slightly special development for me, as for one year I rented a studio there, leaving at the end of 2018 because, unsurprisingly, it felt like an impossible place to work as an artist, with its policed and controlled environments, the exclusion of anything that looked out of place, and the aggressive separation between so-called luxury apartments and the one block of social housing they had to provide. It's as yet unfinished, but is partially occupied and supposedly around 98% sold. It's soon to be home to the English National Ballet and London Film School. Um, so they're really placing art and culture or some warped form of it at the heart of their placemaking strategies. If you have a look at their website, you'll see a number of videos of happy creative residents discussing their work and the wonderful island community they're now part of having bought property there. So to introduce you to the development, we're going to hear a little bit from the substantial hardback brochure I was given at the viewing. Over to you. You're listening to Asset Arrest, helping you see the most exclusive parts of the city. London is just one of a handful of cities that can be described truly as a world capital. With its booming economy and highly skilled population, the city offers one of the most investable real estate markets in the world, a status underpinned by stable government, effective regulation and long-standing financial strength. The era of seafaring and industry has since been replaced by a new age, defined in the Docklands by the technology and high finance that is so key to London's economy. The recent decision by Advanced Business Parks to create a major Chinese business hub and innovation quarters at nearby Royal Albert Dock will transform the 35-acre site into the European headquarters for hundreds of Chinese firms. Attracted by flexible workspaces between Shoreditch and the River Lee, from the 1980s onwards, creative professionals moved into the area en masse. This was the stomping ground for the young British artists and is now home to a swathe of internet startups. Here is Europe's densest concentration of artists and creative professionals. The island opens up to reveal a thriving square bombarded on all sides by boutiques, restaurants, cafes and pop-ups. 
London's city island combines the best contemporary architecture with the built vernacular of islands and island-style communities. Upon crossing the bridge, you are plunged into an island landscape that draws inspiration from the world's most beautiful island ecosystems, bringing together a stunning utopia of lush colours and brilliant foliage that changes with every hour, day and season. The designs of the tree's containers echoes the tea chest cargo boxes of the East India Dock Company. There are forest sculptures and raised plinths, or maker's pads, for showcasing creative work, and a central space which will allow for events and public performances. One week it could play host to a midsummer's night dream, another to an opera with a forest backdrop. This is a new public space for London. Islands are, thereafter, havens of individuality, so every apartment in London City Island is created with personality and for personality. The brochure goes on to proclaim London City Island as London's most connected location, the Jubilee Line as London's most vital tube line, and East London as the most exciting cultural quarter in Europe. There's really no holding back here. Yeah, so the crazy idea of this being anywhere near a public space for London is truly fully realised when you visit the site and observe the vast team of security guards in Ballymore logos, the abundance of CCTV cameras, the pristineness of everything, and the fact it all looks exactly like the CGI rendering of itself, and the fact that as a studio resident there, I was asked to tidy up the inside of my space by Ballymore because it looked messy from outside and they were trying to sell property. Rumour has it they were even asking residents who lived there to tidy the inside of their homes. Now, let's return to the Arts Club, the clubhouse or lounge in the main building that residents can use for meetings, socialising or unwinding, where Alberto and I sat down to chat before our appointment at the sales and marketing suite. I should note here that it appears you can just walk in and sit down in this lounge, even though it's supposed to be for residents. Hi, Alberto. Hey. Um, uh, thanks for coming with me to London City Island, um, oh, no, where we're going you. to have a look at some two-bedroom properties. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering, have you, you've not been on London City Island before? No, I haven't. I've, I've followed the development from afar, being very interested into its visual culture during the promotional phase, during the construction phase. I've done quite a lot of work, uh, part of a larger project between 2016 and 2017, and uh, I was engaged in a sort of a cultural um, project that tried to sort of construct a critical framework around the post-Olympic um, landscape of East London, and of course London City Island is quite a, a unique spot, and also because it can... It's, um, overlays onto the um, the Lee Valley bend, the, the Lee River bend. They're also part of the reservoir or the kind of the natural reserve, which is one of the hmm. interest, most interesting biodiverse spaces in, in the whole area. Yeah. Um, is this um, for curious. the regeneration songs? Yeah, the, the, yeah publication thing, which is the output of the Music for Master Planning project, which is the one that I did with the Liverhome Trust and as artists in residence with UEL. Um, so I really went. This area is actually right on the border, right on the other side of what would be um, the arc of opportunity of Newham, because London mm. City Island being in that little spot is actually not Newham, it's already Tower Hamlets in a very strange way. The borderline is really the Lee Valley, the Lee River. So yeah. the bend of the Lee River counts as 
whatever's on the other side, although it feels like we haven't crossed anything, although we crossed the bridge, it's mm. it's, it's still Tower Hamlets. So Newham, you have to get out the other side of Canning Town yeah. Station. <clears throat> Basically, Canning Town is in Newham, but as soon as you go over the Lee River, you're, mm. you're still in Tower Hamlets. So the, the Lee River yeah. is the border between the boroughs. However... It, it, it's as a, as a kind of a wider area of catchment of a certain regeneration impulse. Of course, London City uh, Island development piggyback on this big Holesville Quarter development, which is the one we are just left on in front of Canning Town, oh, right, yeah. which is part um, new council and part uh, developer, uh, and is part of a long-term regeneration strategy that really began for Newham in 2008 mm. um, and, and then now it's powered up there's also a Aberfeldy <coughs> village Aberfeldy village is also um, a, a Tower Hamlets uh, so it's E14 okay, yeah. and yeah actually I do recommend that you look at the uh, Aberfeldy village um, commercial um, okay, <coughs> that is also that. on YouTube <laughs> which is actually rather than going for the CGI uh, technique they go for the um, kind of uh, uh, kind of like a little it's, it's like a graphic novel style almost you oh. have people that actually are doing things and then there are speech bubbles that emerge into their real people. talk real people. real people so they constructed a little it's like a little sitcom Okay. It's like a three three minutes like sitcom. The, the project you did with the horses. Well, uh, it's actually in, interestingly enough. It, it, was, <laughs> it was one inspiration. It, I, I did see that, for instance, even in Elephant and Castle, the marketing techniques of all these places over between the high end. CGI rendering, royalty-free kind of rendered people, let's say, if they can afford the high-end ones, otherwise they look pretty bleak and actually they look quite um, quite the opposite effect. But they go for this kind of serialized sitcom novel, real-life scenario where they engage actors to perform the part of those who will be interested in the development. Yeah. They meet in town, they show you in brief all the kind of fast edited moving um, storylines that is the narrative of what they do this place allows them to do so the interesting what thing what we're doing here yeah I mean sitting in this lounge and well <laughs> actually interesting enough very when they when they try to uh, to, uh, to sort of leverage the potential of what this development has hardly anything for instance in Aberfeldy village happens in Aberfeldy village what they leverage is how they arrive they land in city airport mm. they arrive in London they do all kinds of things in the centre of London only at the end of the commercial yeah. this mini sitcom they arrive at Aberfeldy as if yeah. like this is a place to rest once you've done everything you need to do elsewhere in centre London it, because they're trying to leverage the, con the connectivity with this place yeah, you know, what yeah. they, they so always you sell you that's right 10 minutes they always so. sell you these developments in, on the basis of where how far you can go from them very quickly mm, you know it's yeah. what, it's what uh, it's really interesting that it's even the hoarding have that language 10 minutes from um, Trafalgar Square 15 minutes to King's Cross mm. and why because the, about the speed at which you can get out speed, of it it's a speed you can get out of it so it's like how far you can go to the Eurostar if you're an European buyer or how far you can go to London City Airport if you want to fly over mm. or how far you can go to any other airport so that you can fly away from here so yeah. in a sense it's, it really suggests even in the sales pitch that this is not a place you actually will live in but it's more a place that you purchase as a form of investment which has all the um, 
the, the kind of the alluring, um, effective kind of uh, traps that will make it that will make its value uh, sort of uh, constituted. You know, so it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's never part of development. Usually, they always show you the interior. Which could be anywhere mm. because it's a CGI it's like interior, a you're just like in a hotel or whatever. And then they show you how far you can go using all kind of transport. So yeah, the connectivity yeah. and, they show your view. and quality of interior. And they show you very often the, the drone kind of view of how of an elevator going up, so how, how much you can master the rest of the city from where yeah, you are. Yeah. You know? And here, I mean, <clears throat> I went to see Balfour Tower a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? The promotional yes. material for this basically has this view that makes it look like the only thing you can see is Canary Wharf from the window. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. So I think they, they, they kind of do yeah, the same I wanted to airbrush, and they, they, I'm sure there's been quite a lot of post-processing into things. I never quite noticed whether they scale things differently or they, they certainly... You know, bear in mind that they, the drone footage enters into the CGI environment because it's linked with the CGI, the, the CAD of the actual... Uh, building, and so it, it really tells you that you're for a 14 floor. That's the, that's the view that you will have. So they all sort of like create an environment which is very um, constructed. So I have I wouldn't be surprised if even the drone footage is somehow altered in some kind of way with shading, with yeah, yeah. with lighting to highlight the part that they want you to look at. But yeah. but the per, but the persuasive nature of of a CGI is something that really construct a reality a priori. Mm. You know, it's almost like um, when you enter the actual space, it feels like the the interior of the exterior that you've seen as a CGI. And in fact, it's, that's one of the most unsettling things that mm. even the exterior's footage in a CGI feels like an interior. Yeah, yeah. Right. It yeah, feels like I we mean, are in a massive hangar. But outside here, where I mean, the outside, in, right? Yeah. It looks exactly yeah. like CGI. the outside doesn't look <laughs> like outside. The outside looks like an interior. Yeah, but that, how long can that last before yeah. it, it's you know the cheap Returns. materials degrade yeah. and, it, mm. and it starts to look like yeah. a kind of worn exterior? Yeah, I mean it depends how much money they have. Yeah, I wouldn't, to... I wouldn't put too much faith in, in entropy because as you see, the, there's a high amount of maintenance and a high amount of policing. Mm. And in a sense, they charge the residents. They charge for the residents for this, of course, though. and that because that maintains the illusion. You know, if the only things that can shatter illusions on anything that, that appears to be new is usually entropic forces. Hmm. But the only way you can control these entropic forces is usually by uh, leveraging a really high amount of manpower and, and work that goes into the polishing and the constant. It's like a bit like the uh, Olympic Park. Yeah. or what's happening in cross with Argent. You know, you have a huge yeah. amount of, of, of workforce that is constantly picking up everything, policing every corner, making sure that things are functioning a certain way, repaving things as soon as there is a crack. You know, it's like, mm. a, it's like a total sense of wanting to control the space, not only in the now, but it's really in the value that it projects in the future. Mm. But then, yeah, I mean, it completely... It completely is this kind of neoliberal aesthetic of like progression and the future, and but I just I, I fail mm. to believe that they are going to be able to keep up with this no, maintenance burden, right? I mean, well, of course a, you can keep exploiting workers. It's an interesting, it's an interesting investment in the future, I guess. Bear in mind that quite a lot of these places are sold on off plan mm. in advance. No? Now, yeah. 
the fact is that when you're off plan, it, you then you don't build up the whole thing. Where st there's still things happening here. It's not completed the development. I think that the the issue is not whether the place will be soulless or not. I think place can be successful within a portfolio property and still remain completely soulless mm. and slightly degraded as well in reality. The yeah. point is when the two level or perception might might meet whether anyone will report back to say but listen this is not looking like the way it should and it's and it's usually in a sense the only way it can, it can happen being such a self-contained reality is that someone within the development who truly purchased it for their own dream let's say as a whole realization of the dreams as a proper home um call back the center of this um, illusory, illusory kind of machine and say, this is not what it's supposed to be like, to, to ask that, because they say, perhaps, perhaps the question will go towards to say, but listen, let's be realistic, how genuine the sense of community that you make a lot out of this yeah. here is. I mean, We've I don't the see that many people around, <laughs> but, but it's, it you know, a work, though, yeah. here. Of course, it's a work environment, it's a work day, it's the middle of a work day, um, so, you know, but exactly because of that, a middle of a work day in a residential situation is usually... But if there's like a lot of creatives, usually, perhaps they work at home mm, anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder that if in order to work at home, they will also have to be able to have um, self-employment status where they can offset part of their home as a work. As in a work. But I'm not sure because, I mean, for instance, in the videos of the animator, mm. you know, you see the animators kind of doing something in this flat, but it obviously is like a maquette. <laughs> it's not it's not a proper job. Animation actually needs quite large yeah. uh, spreads of... of of um, tables and, and lighting and, um, you know, they, they, are, they actually need quite a bit of space and I, do, I don't expect them to be able to do it in a flat or if they did, they would have to convert the flat in a way that I'm not sure that if they're allowed mm. unless some, some of the floor, ground floor units are where these people actually have also workshops. There's not that many studios yeah. here. Um, yeah, there's not there was mm. the, the space I was in there was only seven studios right and then there right. was another co-working space uh, and, okay. and I don't that's, a, that's I think, more office work yeah, yeah, yeah. but other yeah. than our I don't think there, oh, I don't think there's many other workspaces yet, yet wow okay but yeah what, what do you think about the whole um, hmm. art galleries and studio providers getting in bed with property yeah. developers yeah well I mean it seems the way everything's uh, going the people negotiating mm. the space for artists exactly it's not usually not the artists artist themselves mm. exactly what I'm saying yes and, you're and absolutely right it feels right impossible that a group of artists might come together and actually be able to negotiate a position for themselves it's interesting you mentioned that because it might feel impossible but it's what I've always hoped yeah. to be honest I've, I have had several semi-disastrous uh, sort of <laughs> situations where I tried to sort of create a collective of all kind and even as recently as a couple of years ago I was still trying to work towards a housing cooperative mm. a new housing cooperative that wasn't necessarily artist-led but certainly was populated by several of us who were we call ourselves cultural producer, maybe in some kind of different way. But I do believe that self-initiated, um, a certain self-initiated drive would certainly salvage a lot of this rhetoric that is placed upon yeah. our own presence by those who supposedly act on our behalf. Yeah, but, yeah. but actually do bring with them completely different agendas mm. that might not be necessarily damaging, but, but they're not, they speak in our name, but they're not us. Yeah. You know, and I think that you really got, yeah, you got like, that right there. They, they're intermediate. They, it, might, it feels like they're they're helping us right. out sometimes, but um, it feels like they they're doing advocacy work for us. 
But then when it comes to it, you, you go to the, to the fine grain of what these deals actually are about. Of course, the advocacy, like every worker advocacy, translate perhaps some perceived ambitions that they think we have or, they, or some lack of ambition that they perceive that we, we have mm. or don't have, bring it to the negotiating table where we are not involved and somehow um, then guarantee these kind of spaces with certain contractual obligation that might or might not be exceeded by the artist and obviously that's always a prerogative of anyone to exceed the obligation but then that uh, really comes down to the specific artist and what they they intend to do what they feel their their role is and it is true that just by placing an artist in a very um, heavily negotiated uh, social context it doesn't mean necessarily turns them into socially engaged artists Uh, it's not necessarily always the context that that allows you to but if you but if you are an artist who are attuned to the context and needs the context to um to produce which is really what, what i've always felt then then it's undeniable that the the, the context uh, it's it's everything and it just the changing context of where artists will occupy the spaces in london will produce different art Mm. Because that's exactly what the, the, the history of art, artist production in urban spaces tells us, that the conditions of the urban space have altered and have affected very heavily the kind of work that the artists have produced in those spaces, you know? So, it, what, I mean, what kind of work does an artist with uh-huh. this do here produce, What would you do here? You know? Well, this is really interesting. Well, I think that it's being uh, occupying a space which has been so pre-designed through active immaterial agencies of pre-visualization. Also being disconnected literally from the surrounding area by this 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 is a hamlet. You know, this is really the sense of being in a hamlet. It's almost like if I I was an artist, probably I would set up some kind of strange um, mixture between CGI and a medieval hamlet um, soap opera, perhaps, that that happens around here where somehow um, some strange gruesomeness. Of course, you can go the high-rise sort of Ballardian kind of uh, dystopian kind of way, which would be really easily set in in this in this kind of settings. I mean, look at where we are now in this room. Um, a couple of creepy notes and and a panning all around would just make the whole thing already <laughs> set. You know, it's just enough long ding dong. We're here, right? So, but the other one, I think, it would be to sort of challenge. Um, the prefiguring, the, the the history of anticipation and prefiguration that the, the the developer really bank on in this kind of situations, where in a sense they pre-design the space way before its its realization in a very social sense. So that there is a huge social con- control and engineering of what mm. the spaces will be, by as if signifies the sense that these spaces can only produce one type of sociability. Yeah, and this sociability is the one that we already showed you in the CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the in the in the fly through. They write where the script and exactly, and you fill it. You know, it's like <laughs> this is why I call these people Which, ghosts in reverse. You know, this idea of uh, yeah. the ghost that actually occupied a space before our arrival, rather than the one left after our departure. So, in a sense, by arriving here, whoever arrived here certainly fills up the spaces of the ghost. Yeah, in reverse. Yes. So, so we're going to go now. Yeah. Yeah. and see some property yeah. and I guess we're going to be mm. a kind of different version of the ghost yeah, or the, yeah, the, yeah. I think we're, we're certainly occupying some sort of ventriloquists yeah. of some sort <laughs> yeah 
yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you for this. Let's do it. Yeah, and um, we it. will Thank see what happens. Asset arrest, making contact, gaining access, asking questions, wasting time. At this point, we finished talking and go round the corner for our appointment in the sales and marketing suite. We had little plan of how to approach this interaction and I couldn't remember what I'd told them my budget was. Alberto carried his bike helmet in one hand, but announced upon entering the meeting that he'd just flown in from Milan. We didn't realise this was strange until much later. We got coffees, San Pellegrino, and perched awkwardly on a couch, quietly chuffed about our free beverages. In each viewing, I'm going to ask my guests to suggest or um, come up with an idea with me for something that stands in for the conversation we had with the sales assistant. This time, Alberto has initiated a short reenactment of the viewing. Summary keywords, building, people, bedroom, apartment, floor, nice, view, space, big, bought, 18th floor, higher, price, depends, pay, facing, west, amazing, picture, to own that land and when is it appropriate to build on that trust bottom fell out of the market was just not a good time done planning planning application decisions. Finalized and that was done my trauma decided that this was the place that I wanted to move to that's a bit crazy to say but it is relatively central isn't it compared to. Got one of the guys here was the original Bill Dahlia when he initially obviously it wasn't the initial barrier and now he is the most now he is so he bought off plan ages ago when he made his money. Because not everyone goes to the theater and my big park. Yeah, so you haven't got everyone is that big part so not everyone is going in is the big guy. Yeah, so not everyone can afford half a million. More people like Laura, for instance, are coming in they can use to flip flop a whole day he loves that they need and he took a beating us tonight. Somebody in the indoor pool. We're doing another gentleman provocation about budget of 1 million. Okay. I mean, I know that I mean, to be honest, I don't really need more than two bedrooms. Yeah, I inherited some money. And I'm, I want something that's a good investment. You know, I really like because I'm planning to live in it. Yeah, you want something that's got to be made. It was Canary Wharf in the city. Yeah, yeah, nice sunset. He also wants something sort of hierarchy. Yes, you can sell it on as soon as you pay the 10% deposit. Yeah, you like angular layout because sometimes quite an adventure. The Italy they know the modern is a place you. Your fridge freezer is to the left of you with your shame points and things. And if your teeth brushes or whatever nice ice bath again, attractiveness ceramic. Warehousing take that sort of type of window. New York. Yeah. Asset arrest, making contact, gaining access, asking questions, wasting time. I should apologise here for the poor quality audio you're about to hear, but these viewings involve a bit of trial and error and this process is new to me. So there will be some changes as time goes on. Yeah, okay, so we're just um, finished with our viewing meeting, which lasted, I think, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It It was a lot of... I mean, to be honest... We arrived just before two and, yeah, we left at 3.15. Why do they do this yeah. build-up? It's such a build-up in the sales suite and then you kind of like it. Just mm. show us what you've got. Mm. But I guess they've got quite a few so they don't want to waste too much time. I think that, I think that they're, they're trained in a certain kind of way to obviously tailor your choice. I mean, believe, bear in mind that this is a... Beside the social housing, this is a lo- so sort of luxury. A lifestyle, she said. Like, yeah, this is a People lifestyle. People are here living, have a lifestyle. Living a lifestyle. People here are living a lifestyle, you know. So we're buying a lifestyle. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, I found her 
I don't know. I, I, she, she must be good at what she does, but yeah, uh, maybe I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't find her that warm. What do, what do I no, want? Not at all. But you, but you bear in mind that there is a certain. I guess there are certain characters that the buyer expects as well, mm. particularly when they're mostly foreign buyers. Yeah. They expect a certain um, degree of character that is English as well, a certain Englishness. Yeah. And so perhaps she embodies quite well that sort of like partly detached mm. and cool. And she has an air cool, of wealth An air herself. of wealth, exactly. Yeah. You know, you have to, they, they, when they do these things, they probably teach you, you have to project She's must value. Have, I mean, she's bought yeah. two, mm. what, two properties mm. here or something, did she say? Mm. As an investment. Might be a lie, but it's probably yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Staff discount. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess, <laughs> certainly. And they, they probably also have to say that. I don't know, to say, well, have you bought? Because it's, it's one of the proof to say, yeah, but would you live here? Mm. You know, and she said, no, but that's because of size, not because yeah, of... Yeah, maybe she yeah, has kids. So definitely, you know. And a so, family, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I don't know. We had yeah. a certain uh, queasiness, mm. didn't we, at point? At some point, I wanted to run away halfway through. I, I, yeah. No, actually, I'll tell you what. Um, ten minutes through it, when she left us, and she went to pick up the stuff. I thought she was, like, Googling moment, us and figuring out yeah, that we were exactly. liars. I thought that too. But. And I thought, okay, this is time to leave. But my helmet was already behind the, <laughs> yeah. the desk. And I thought, oh. Just flown in from mm, Milan. Mm, yeah, with my helmet. With your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had an alibi. See, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I go in with all these ambitions of what I'm going to say. And then I immediately just play the idiot who's, like, doesn't know anything about well. property. I think I mean, that works true. well. I think that works well. Work, that, I have, that works very see when well. She said stamp duty. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay because people, you know, you don't have to assume that people with money knows about certain things. That's what, and you also, it's uh, it's good to bring back to to, to them to explain everything. Mm. You don't have to assume that you know anything. It's good to. It's always good to hear it from them. And when so she has square you know, footage, I'm like, yeah, I have yeah. no, I, I like, I have never viewed property and thought about such a thing. Well, my issue is more to do with. Um, well, the reason why all this emphasis on square footage is because most people buy off plan. Yeah. So when and you buy off plan a, an and you don't see it and you only see the CGI, yeah. which as we know now, having been there, means hardly anything mm. in terms of what a perception is. And then again, so much of the sale is done through that. Yeah. This is, this is the way we are referring back to those ideas of the, the reality and what an artist might do in a certain situation. You know, in, in, imagine having an augmented reality situation where you have the CGI and the reality sort of overlapping on the screen as you look through the, the mobile phone. Um, and and you, you'll find that obviously the, the wide angle of the of the CGI always gives you the sense that there are very large spaces because the camera pan and turn is huge. And I have to say, it is quite general, but it is, you know, it was an odd... The beds were very small, did you notice? The beds are very yeah. small. That's why it feels like that they are double. But those are small beds. If I'm spending that much on property, yeah. I'd want a bigger bed, I guess. Mm. Mm. But I, I want... And did you, you notice the that the window one. did not open all the way? I thought that was really badly designed. Yeah. Well, that's the... I, I once ended yeah. up speaking to some of the guys who yeah. were working on the building. Yeah. And they told me everything was built with the cheapest yeah. possible yeah. materials, yeah. you know. When you try to hang something from those walls. Also, standing on that balcony... <laughs> I felt a, a little scared, I have to say. Especially after, did you see this story of yeah. a Ballymore uh, development in West London last summer? Some balconies set on yes. fire. Yes. Like they just caught fire in the sun. 
Yeah, I don't know. That that concerns me. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no cladding here, so I would have asked that. Although, you know, perhaps you would you would want to know is that cladding fireproof? But that's not. It doesn't exist in the other places. The other only mm. this, as you notice, this is the only building that has mixed brick and cladding. Now this is this is the funniest thing. So this guy was just coming up. I know him. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> now what the hell would you do here? Why do we know all these people here? Why do we know everyone? Here? <laughs> you want to put it on post? <laughs> now I don't know whether I'm the part of me that finds me morally repellent <laughs> to have been finds yourself, <laughs> yeah, find myself morally repellent to to have even entertained. Um, th this thing, but uh, mm. but but there is, but this is what un anthropological. It's troublesome, it's, right? It's, the it's way you start feeling. Yeah, well, it's you cannot be a an embedded participant. Yeah. Without a time losing, I think this is a classic thing that ethnography always talks about. Yeah. How when you impersonate the other, you become it. And also, I think that what, it, what this, what ethnography does in this case, is it really puts you very close to the realities that you that you, you criticize, and you realize how the, the degrees of separations are in, in, in clearly in existence. Yeah, yeah. It's normal when you're on this side. It's not. I, I don't know. See what it feels like now, cycling back into the real world. And when she says, like, oh, you know. Uh, students, like international yeah, students, they, they want to live here because yeah, it's, right. it's an island, so it's safe. It's it's like, since yeah. when did islands become that, havens of safety? Great level. And so we parted ways and I went home to reflect upon the idea of the view of the city as private property. The material reality of the flimsy balconies and small rooms. Questions of entropy, our faith in it, our ability to control it the labour of maintenance, the cost of maintenance, the notion of the island as a safe space, and the challenge of un- or de-visualising an overly controlled and visualised space. The launch of this podcast and the forthcoming episodes have been made possible thanks to support from the Newbridge Project in Newcastle, Durham University's Politics of Urban Social Innovation Project, and ZKU Centre for Art and Urbanistics in Berlin, where I'm currently working on a series of episodes centering around viewings of luxury property in Berlin. Stay tuned for updates and please get in touch if you'd like to view some property you don't want to buy with me. Goodbye.